Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Father, I want to thank you for my boys who have prayed for me, and I also want to pray as well that you would do what you do, which is honor the Word of God. Lord, the most prophetic word is the scriptures. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate the scriptures tonight and help us to hear from you uh, on an individual level. Uh, Speak to our hearts and give us clarity in perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I'm I'm getting, you know, the fragrance of that dinner, Curtis, so... (laughs) Curtis brought barbecue, so I'm, I'm tempted to, oh, thank you. It's, it's a sweet and pleasing aroma to the Lord and, and me, <laughs> at least me, I think him. But let's dive in here. So you've got notes. Um, I'm calling this message an apostolic warning, colon, do not believe every spirit. An apostolic warning, do not believe every spirit. And that sounds like a pretty intense title, and that's kind of the gist of what I'm feeling I'm to share tonight, which is simply to help us to navigate what has been transpiring for the last number of months and and even year, year plus with regard to prophetic ministry in the body of Christ. Um, I am a huge proponent of the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. I think that those are, there's a a spectrum of both of those, and they're both very real and very necessary. Uh, However, as I've lined up here in in my first, uh, uh, under my introduction, under letter A, there's been so much error, in particular related to the election, so many prophecies given about Trump being reelected or COVID ending after two weeks or just so many wrong prophecies that kind of spiked in the year 2020 and are still playing out now that I thought it was very important just to address biblically what's going on here and, and not just to help us now, but in years and decades to come when you hear all these people giving prophecies, there's ways that we as Christians are to faithfully interpret and to, to hear and to think about prophecies that are given. Now, if someone's talking about a prophecy in the Bible, those are objectively true. Those are biblical truths. We don't argue is, you know, you know, for example, is something that's prophesied in Scripture, of course we believe that's going to happen. We might not fully understand how it happens, but, but that's objective truth. But when we begin to step into the arena of subjective prophecy, like I have a dream and I think that my dream's going to happen next week, well, 
that's not object that's subjective that might or might not happen and if i tell everybody that that dream is going to happen and it, and it doesn't then i was wrong and i need to say i was wrong you know or if i say hey a certain president's going to be elected and they're not then i need to acknowledge that i was wrong and so there's just so much of that that is played out and some prophetic voices are like yeah i was a little off there pray for me and others, um, you know, they're kind of spinning it and it's confusing. So I really want to just help us tonight to really think about this. Again, I've got a lot there in letter A that I'm just going to breeze past. But let's just look at four Bible verses that I think help us get a grid for what I'm trying to do tonight. We're going to look under letter B here under the introduction. Number one, Jesus says it's the truth that sets you free. It's very clear. Jesus says, you you will know the truth. If you're my disciples and you follow me, is the gist, you will know truth and it will set your heart free. And that is an absolutely massive statement. Jesus is the ultimate proponent of truth. He is the truth. In fact, he said that of himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So there will never be emanating from him a lie or a conspiracy mixed with misinformation. There will never be emanating from him who is truth anything at all to do with a lie. And that's very important just to set right away. Jesus will never lie to you. God will never lie to you. And he will never use lies or misinformation or conspiracies to reach you or me. It will always be biblical. It might not be something we understand right away, but it will always be truth. He will never come to you with, uh, you know, all sorts of half partial truths to manipulate you into obedience so that you're fearful in the wrong way. Like that's what people do who are unregenerate. But God's not like that. God is 100% true to the core of his being. So now combine that with Paul's statement in Philippians 4.8. I'm just simply trying to present this as systematically as I can. So Jesus, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Another way to think about that is lies don't make you free. Very important. Truth makes you free, lies don't. Conspiracies don't. Partial truths don't. We're after the full truth. Paul says to the Philippians, whatever things are true, think about that. Meditate on that. If it's lovely, if it's noble, just, pure, good report, virtuous, think on those things is what Paul tells the Philippians. Don't give yourself, in other words, to things that aren't true. Don't give yourselves to partial truths. There's a big, huge fad right now of people into conspiracies. What they're saying is, I'm sort of into lies. I'm sort of into things that aren't true. No, no, no. Just just know what's true. We don't want anything other than that. I say this analogy a lot, but uh, the federal agents who are in charge of uh, investigating, you know, financial or you know, currency IRS. matters. Uh, well, it's it's a it's not them, but it's it's the FBI when someone tries to like make fake money. The people who are trained at identifying false currency. They, they don't study false currency. 
they, they study tr- real currency and they so deeply master what real currency looks like that anything fake is so obvious. Even the slightest thing that's off, they know it immediately. And that's really as Christians, we're to know the word of God and to walk in fellowship with God so closely that anything that's not real, we notice it, it's off. Unfortunately, many Christians today are not reading the Bible. And so they don't have a compass. They don't know what's north, south, east, or west. So my real appeal tonight is let's go into the Bible more, not less. So Jesus says the truth will set you free. Paul says meditate on things that are true. And here's the warning. John the Apostle, he writes a letter. 1 John chapter 4 says, uh, Beloved, uh, don't believe every spirit is what he says right here. There were a number, as, as, as it is in every generation, there are, um, there are false teachings, there are false prophets, there are false messages, there's all kinds of things that are false in every generation. We have ours, John had his, and so John is just trying to help the church by saying, beloved, don't believe every message you hear. And that sounds pretty obvious, but a lot of people need to hear that today. Just because someone opens their Bible and says something doesn't mean it's right. I mean, just because I say it doesn't mean it's right. I mean, and I have written at the bottom of all my notes, if you're like, what did he just say? See if it's in the Bible. If it is, take it. If it's not, throw it out. Even if I say it or your favorite preacher or author says it, you got to find it in the Bible. That's so important. John says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Very important right now. There are, now here's the thing. There are a lot of people, they don't mean to be false prophets. They're great people. They, a lot of them love God. They just maybe don't read the Bible that much or they kind of went a little too off into believing their subjective prophecy was like more objective than they thought, so they shared it and it turns out it wasn't real. So we're not saying false prophets are, you know, growing horns and carrying pitchforks and things like that. It's often they're really awesome people they just get a little off and we have to be able to say look i love you but what you said is not biblical and therefore i reject it but not you and so sometimes you'll be at church and you'll go i just it's not in the bible so i I love my pastor i love you derek or i i love you favorite author but i that what you said i I can't find it in scripture so i'm gonna i'm gonna pause on that until i can or i'll just throw that out altogether Now there's nobody who gets perfect theology. There's one guy that walks through those pearly gates with an A-plus on his theology scorecard, and that that man is seated at the right hand of the the Father, uh, Jesus. The the rest of us, we wrestle, we struggle, we, we all have things that are true that we believe and some things that we're working on. But it's very important. I mean, this is is John an Apostle saying, "Don't, don't just believe everything. Don't believe every message you hear on Facebook or a podcast or just because they have a YouTube channel. Don't believe it, 
Believe it if you test it and you find that it's in the Bible. And not because it's one half of a verse that they kind of mixed with some other. No, if it is an agreement with the character of God as revealed from Genesis to Revelation, then receive that. If you can go to Bible verses and point it out, excuse me, and say, here's why I believe it, and it's because it's there, 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 and there, then we, we receive that as Christians. I have it written somewhere on my notes. That's called being Berean. When Paul the Apostle came to Berea, he gave teachings that people had not heard. And so what they did is they went back to the Bible. And they said, there it is. It's in the Bible. There. We believe you, Paul. In fact, in that passage, what's often not preached on about being Berean is when they use their own you know, thinking skills to go to the Bible, it says they believed it didn't hinder them from believing to go, we love you, Paul, but we're going to check it out first. No, they received it readily, and then they checked it, and it says they believed. There was a deeper work of faith that took root because of them doing that. Paul says also in the First Thessalonians, he says, don't quench the spirit, don't despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good. So Paul says, guys, uh, sometimes prophetic is going to get off, but don't despise them. Just test them. Some of, some of them are going to be truly from the Lord and receive it for your life or for your city or for the church. Others are going to be off, and that's somewhat to be expected. We wouldn't test something if they were always going to be, uh, you know, 100% accurate. So, so Paul says test them. If they're, you know, biblical and if they come true, then, you know, go, wow, okay, that was the Lord. I'm going to hang on to that. So I have here under letter C uh, a couple ways we measure prophetic words. And then, so, you know, those four verses and then letter C, just kind of review that as, okay, this is how we are approaching this subject tonight. But what I want to mention here in letter D is what has made, I think, this season Maybe a little more complicated is the fact that there are a lot of prophetic words being given by friends, by family members, by people, leaders that we've respected for years and decades. And it's like, what do you do when all of these people are wrong? Like they all said Trump was going to be reelected. They all thought COVID was a sham and now 400,000 people have died and and so you get this sense that's like, oh my gosh, everyone's sort of off. What in the world? And, and really, it's just a very sensitive time where we don't need to throw stones. We need to offer grace and say, look, there's a deeper flaw in the body of Christ than, than we were ever aware of. And the Lord is exposing it on a scale I've never seen before and I don't think anybody's ever seen before. And so we... We choose to love. Love covers a multitude of sins. But we still use our mental faculties and say the whole thing was off. So we don't, we don't reject you. We don't reject ministries or people. We, we extend grace, but we just kind of go back to the drawing board and, and we all begin to search our hearts and say, Lord, why is there so much error? Why did so many people miss it? Help us. So let's not get judgmental. Let's not, you know, 
like I said, throw stones, but, but recognize this is a uniquely sensitive time. I've been a part of the prayer movement or the prophetic movement for 20 years. And I have a lot of respect for many of the leaders in different countries and you know, here in our country and locally and pastors who would say, yeah, I'm into prayer and prophetic. And just so much of it got really exposed this past you know, couple months and, and year plus. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that it's, it's, it's real. God is, is working on it. And so let's, let's just make sure that we use restraint. Let's make sure that we, you know, um, not make it any more confusing than it needs to be. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me just get a swig of water here because I'm parched already. <laughs> All right. Excuse me. Well, let me get down to number two, because this is what I really feel like the Lord wanted me to, you know, be faithful to say tonight. I felt for the last number of weeks is to, I don't know if I've ever done this in my life, to be honest with you, is to, to whoever listens to this or to ever, whoever cares, you know, about my opinion, I feel like the Lord wants to give a warning to the body of Christ locally, nationally, globally, and I feel like there's going to be many people sensing this from the Lord, a warning that we cannot go on like this. We cannot go on Facebook or go behind our pulpit or go on you know, national Christian media and prophesy false things. We cannot do this. We cannot lie. We cannot bear false witness. We cannot share conspiracy theories. This is something that the Lord is zealously addressing because there are many people that I know who've caused a tremendous amount of heartache and the Lord takes that serious. I can't tell you the amount of stuff I've seen in the last few months that I just, I just read it or I hear it and I just, I go, unbelievable. And I'm thinking there's a man on a throne that has much more of a love for the church than I do. And I just think, what is he thinking when leaders are saying lie after lie after lie and they're not backing down? I just go, oh my goodness. Because Jesus is the one on the throne. He's the same person that said it's truth that makes you free. So when he's watching prophetic people or leaders lie and bear false witness and all these things, he just, I think he, he, he is love, so he's patient. But that patient approach will eventually mold into, okay, you need to stop now. And I think that's where we're at. I think that those who have spoken, this is number one, those who've spoken wrong prophetic predictions or those who are giving a platform to people who are speaking wrong prophetic predictions, those two categories, the people who are falsely prophesying and the people who are saying, hey, here's my pulpit, say whatever you want, and they're not holding them accountable, I really think the Lord's warning them, saying, you need to repent or I will remove you. I will take you out of ministry. I will take you out of leadership. And again, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> the Lord has his ways of doing things, and it's usually, you know, over time, he's patient, and he gives people many times to repent. But if people are saying, you know what, I don't really care. I'm just going to keep saying whatever I want and I'm just going to drag people along into, 
you know, greater and greater confusion, the Lord will step in and he'll address that arrogant spirit very intensely. And he, he, is, uh, he is right to do so because it's not our church and they're not our people. It's his church and his people. And so we don't have a right to say whatever we want and put his name on it. We have a right to say what he said and put his name on it. And I, I, I feel uh, the zeal of the Lord about this. I, I really think he's saying, warning, warning, church, if you're saying things that aren't true or prophesying things that are not happening and you're just spinning it and all of that, if, if you're not walking that back and humbling yourself and getting accountable, like I said, I don't think the Lord's going to allow that much longer at all. I think he will step in and he will... He will uh, address it in a way that only he, he could. Now, the other warning I feel like I should share is that we as the body of Christ, Christians, maybe you're listening to this through Facebook tonight, and I have no idea who's on Facebook right now, or maybe you're listening to the recording. The Lord doesn't just want to address the people saying these things or giving a platform. He wants to address every single believer who has developed an appetite for lies and falsehood. There are a lot of Christians saying, hey, itch my ears with that. I need to hear more of that false, tell me what I want to hear. There's a deep place in, in Jesus' church, not just in America, but worldwide, where we're itching for the next conspiracy and the next zany prophetic word instead of just the full-blown truth of the gospel where did we where did we go wrong like what what there is a deeper issue that we need to allow the holy spirit to show us as individuals and as communities why have we tolerated this what is happening why do i want people to lie to me why do i want people to prophesy fake things to me why is it in me Maybe we don't love the truth as much as we thought we did. Maybe we don't love Jesus as much as we thought we did. Because guess what? Lies come from one place. The father of lies. And the father of lies is not on team Jesus. I just <laughs> Truth comes from Jesus and lies come from Satan. And so when we're tolerating falsehood and lies and, and we're denying reality and things like that, we're basically saying we have more of an appetite for darkness than light. It's, it's, a, it's sobering when you think about that. And so if I, as I've watched for the last weeks, months, and year plus, this avalanche of false prophecy, avalanche, I mean a deluge, a downpour of you know, prophetic things that never happened or were just skewed, they were partisan I just go, what? There's a deeper issue, and I want to be able to, you know, get the plank out of me so I can see clearly, Lord, is kind of how I'm approaching this. And so that's the, the warning I feel to share. Not not trying to say I'm an apostle warning the body of Christ. This is something that the apostle John said and the apostle Paul said. And so that's inerrant objective truth that I believe the Spirit wants us to wrestle with. And so maybe take some time tonight or this week and just kind of go, Lord, help me to 
see through this clearly. Yeah, why am I clinging to every single conspiracy that's shared on Facebook? Or why am I clinging to every single prophecy that I know is not even in reality anymore? Why am I, why am I so desperate for that? Why am I not desperate for truth? Important questions to ask ourselves. Before I'm going to finish this message here in about 10 minutes, but before I do, let me say one quick prayer. I want to offer a prayer of repentance. And I would encourage those who are listening or on Facebook, take time just to own it yourself. Any way that you've spoken or shared false prophecies or conspiracies or anywhere that you've had an appetite for it, We need to repent. It's real. We need to humble ourselves and we need to repent. We we cannot tolerate this stuff. It is sin. I just want to say that clearly. Tolerating false prophecies, lies, conspiracies, it is sin. It should not be like a hobby. It should not be something, oh, that's cute. They just said like, uh, you know, Sandy Hook and all those kids that died when that terrorist went and shot up that school. That was just a conspiracy. No, that's a really dark lie that hurts people. When we say that COVID is a hoax, we are so profoundly insensitive, it's demonic. When we say that Trump should still be president, that's demonic. God himself put Joe Biden in the White House. I mean, that's just clear biblical 101. God raises up leaders and he brings them down. He used democracies involved, but I don't want to be resisting what God put in place. It just makes no sense to me. So we need, to, we need to be seriously looking at this in a right way. So Father, I just want to repent for any way that I've entertained or shared false prophecy or conspiracies or lies, Lord. I repent, Lord. I don't, I don't want to be that person. I want to be a man of truth. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be credible and reliable. I want to be someone who you know, shares what's right. And if I get it wrong, I humble myself. Help, help your whole church, Lord, to be with this kind of integrity, Father. And so I repent on behalf of myself and on behalf of your church, Lord. Help us to do better. Help us to be those who preach the gospel. Help us to be those that preach the Bible. Help us to be those that spread what's true. And sometimes it can be complicated because the, the world has become so partisan But help us, Lord, when we're confused, not to react, but to respond in prayer and to maybe hold our speech or to refrain from sharing if we don't have all the facts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I just want to reiterate quickly. I'm going to bring this to a close in a a couple minutes, but just before I do that, just want to reiterate, this is letter C. I put in bold, important. There is no, there's there's nothing more uh, prophetic than the Bible. (laughs) You're never going to get a prophecy from a stage that's better than Jesus, Paul, John, Peter, (laughs) any of the, this right here, ladies and gentlemen, again, I don't know if anybody's on Facebook right now. This, this is the major prophetic word. You need to concern yourself with, these 66 books. The subjective prophecy, that's like the sprinkles on top of the dessert. We need that to stay encouraged. And it's biblical, and I'm going to point that out here. 
but immerse yourself major in the prophetic scriptures. That'll set your heart free. When we, when we reverse it, we get into a lot of trouble. Okay, so I talk a lot about here on the back of the notes about not overreacting. I'm going to just let you read that on your own time. But just because there's been a, you know, a, a lot of false prophetic, we're not throwing out prophecy. We're not going to overreact. That's typically what the church has done throughout church history is whenever there's abuse, we go all the way to the other side and we get over here into you know, the complete opposite dilemma. Don't do that. The, 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 the way forward is not to throw out the gifts of the Spirit or throw out prophetic or throw out the Holy Spirit so he, he can't come to our services anymore. Of course, that's silly. We want to we steward the gifts and the prophetic in a healthy way. That involves accountability. That involves searching the Scriptures. And that involves other, other criteria. But, but so that's, I just want to check. Some people are going, well, I've seen so many false prophecies. I just, I just don't even want to hear prophecy for another year. Well, don't throw it out. Find where, you know, find, you know, throw out the bad, but hold fast to what's good. And that's what my heart is here. I want to raise up a prophetic community of people who hear God's voice and feel like they can step out and share things and learn when they're wrong and, and, and be wowed when it's right because it is, it is cool. So that's uh, number three. Let's not, you know, overreact every time so, you know, we get... You know, it's, there's, oh, it's been so bad, we're going to come over here and it's nothing. And then we're bored. So we come all the way back over here to false prophecy. Let's just, let's stay in that healthy place of that center place. I would encourage everybody to be praying for prophetic ministers and leaders who are seeking humility and accountability right now. I've seen a bunch of people post apologies, you know, main, you know, big name pro- prophets and just people on social media that, that are just posting stuff. A lot of people who are humbling themselves but then there's a lot who aren't. Pray for both camps that they would just, you know, have a tender heart. Man, it's so easy to just share something these days. And then you're like, wow, I, I shared that two weeks ago and it's completely wrong. You got to own that. We all do. We got to say, hey, that was, that was false. Last thing I want to mention here before we close and pray is that we're not to despise prophecy. <laughs> there are so many verses in the Bible, but just real quick, this is Paul in Thessalonians and particularly the Corinthians. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecy. Desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Desire earnestly to prophesy. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, I hope you all speak with tongues, but more that you prophesied, because he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, and not in the sense of superior, but in the sense of when you give a prophetic word, thousands of people could be impacted by that. If I speak in tongues, my spirit is edified. You know, me and God are communing at a deeper level. But when I get up, you know, in front of a few people and say, hey, I feel like the Lord's saying this, and then it happens tomorrow, you know, that's, a, that's like a jolt of encouragement. Like, wow, God spoke and it happened. Praise the Lord. And so Paul is saying, no, this is, we need to eagerly desire this. We need to go for it. Uh, we should not despise it. Sure, there's abuses. We address it. But we really want to move in this stuff. He says in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 31, you can all prophesy, not just the guy on the stage or the person with pastor on their business card. 
Rather than suggesting that the gifts of the Spirit, including prophecy, will go away or diminish, which some believe this. Some believe that prophecy and the gifts, don't, they're, they're not applicable anymore. What Paul says and what the testimony of Scripture bears witness to is that this is only going to increase as we get closer and closer to the return of Christ, the end of the age. It's only going to increase. There's only going to be more prophetic. There's going to be more dreams, more visions, more people giving subjective prophecies. And so we got to figure it out. It's going to increase. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians, these are the last two verses I have, Paul spoke of a scenario where if all prophesy and someone comes into that service, he'll fall on his face and worship God and say, God's truly here. I mean, if there is a verse in the Bible or two verses that I just look at and I just go, oh my word, well, what is that one? If all prophesy and an unbeliever comes in or an uninformed person who's never heard of prophetic comes in and his heart's revealed because people are prophesying and that guy, the deep things of his heart were laid open, He'll fall on, it says, Paul says, he'll fall on his face and worship God and, and report God's really there. God's with those people. That's why prophetic is really important. And then in Acts 2, it says, this is what was written by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Right here, when Peter starts quoting Joel, he's co quoting a day where the spirit of prophecy touches all flesh not just a whole church globally your sons and your daughters will, there's coming a moment in time where the whole earth is going to be touched by prophetic ministry and every believer is moving in it I can't even imagine what grocery store shopping will be like when that's happening what church will be like when that's happening. I mean, everybody's going to be hearing from the Lord at a level that we're not even thinking right now. Young men getting visions, old men having dreams. I love how it highlights men and women. It's, it, God's not a respecter of persons. He's going to use men and he's going to use women. He's going to use boys and he's going to use girls. White, brown, and black. It, it, he's going to use Everyone that loves Jesus and the spirit of prophecy is going to rest on the church at a level we're not thinking right now. It's going to come on whole ministries and whole churches and people will come into those gatherings and they'll fall on their face and say, oh my goodness, they told me the deep secrets of my heart that I've told no one, only God could have known. God's in that place. And so we don't throw it out. If the Lord says it's coming and it's only going to increase and the intensity is going to reach people at that depth, we don't throw it out. We address it. We call people on their error. We say we don't believe it if it's false. But get more humble, get more accountable, and keep doing what you're doing. We're praying for you. That's the position we take. If they refuse to do that, we say you're not fit for ministry. You're not fit for leadership. Go get cleaned up when you are. I'm not saying go get perfect. I'm saying if you're not willing to do it the Lord's way and be humble and accountable, you certainly won't have a role in this ministry, but you shouldn't have a role in the body of Christ. For too long, we've elevated people with giftedness, but not character, integrity, and humility. And they, bring, they stain the body of Christ. 
And the Lord's zealous about this. He'll give them time, but eventually he says, eh, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to use that. God promises to exalt humble people and humble proud people. It's, it's a promise of scripture. He just, that's how he is. If you humble yourself, he lifts you up. If you lift yourself up, he pushes you down. That's why it's so important to just go low. When someone wants to argue with me, okay, you're right. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just so easy. Not that I always do it right. My wife would tell you I don't. <laughs> but more and more, I just want to go, okay, okay, teach me. If there's a problem here, help me. Let's, let's be humble. Let's do this right. Amen. I did two minutes over there. A lot more notes on the website. I uh, just kind of skimmed through them. But let's really respect what I feel the Lord is saying tonight. Uh, again, not because I said it, but I just feel like this is what he's saying to us and to our community. And so um, let me just say a quick prayer and then we'll tune out and we'll have our prayer time. So Lord, I've just, uh, I've shared what I believe is on your heart. And I do ask that you'd help me and help this community and help the body of Christ in central Illinois and beyond into the nation and the nations of the world, anybody that hears this. God, you'd help us to steward the prophetic well. Help us to be humble when we haven't. Help us to be a people who, when we speak in your name, we speak truth. We speak uh, what is right. We speak uh, what gives you glory and what helps others. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for the word of God. I, I pray that you would just encourage those who've heard this message. Lord, touch them right now and release an increase of the prophetic anointing. Help us, God. Help us. Give us ears that hear even those small, still small whispers. Help us to tune in, Lord. Make us a vessel to others of what you're saying day in and day out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.